Tonight on The Final Dump, the dynamic duo is back for the first time in several weeks. And oh, what a surprise. We have another Packers loss to talk about. We've got our lingering thoughts from Thursday Night Football, another loss for the green and gold. And we've got some big picture questions about the rest of the season. Plus, a look ahead to the Eagles game on Sunday Night Football. It's all coming up here on The Final Dump. News dump. News dump, yay! News dump. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. It's a landslide! It's the final dump, presented by Game On Wisconsin. And we are live on the final dump. I am Brendan Dorzinski. He is Matt Fralick. The two of us back together again for the first time in a few weeks. We had a week off. Matt had some prior commitments last week, but we are back. I don't know about better than ever. I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit sore when working out at the gym earlier today. So I'm not sure I'm at quite a hundred percent, but we are going to do the best for you. I don't necessarily know if I can say the same about the green Bay Packers on a week to week basis that they are going to do the best for us, but we will give you the best that we possibly can. Matt, it's good to see you, man. How you been? It's been great. Been great to resync. I feel like my weeks were very scheduled and all of a sudden stuff just went AWOL between prior commitments. You said just other stuff we both had going on and we're back. Not much has changed on the Packers front. Great Cowboys win, but ultimately still kind of in the same spot as they previously were. Um, underwhelming. Um, I mean, there's a ton of adjectives I could use, but at the end of the day, it's our obligation and opportunity and maybe some ther- therapy to sit here and just talk about what the hell is going on where do we take it from here and what can we maybe squeeze out of the next couple of weeks to see like what what can you take away from the rest of the season but ultimately uh seems like the final dagger has been put in the package from my standpoint I'll, I'll be I'll wait to be corrected on that because crazier things have happened they could rip off six in a row here but uh tough tough opponents coming up and we got a tougher one um this weekend than we've seen in some time so um all that and more and and we will get to that opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the best team in the NFC. I frankly don't think it's all that close, and especially after the Vikings got whooped this yeah. weekend, I don't really mm-hmm. think it's all that close either. We've got some big picture questions about the rest of the season. Man, I think you put it perfectly talking about what is left to squeeze out of this season. We will figure out a few of those things and a couple of big picture things as we look ahead to not necessarily the offseason yet, but with playoff hopes uh, almost dead at this point. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, We are going to have to take a look at some big things that are going to impact the future of this Green Bay Packers team. And we've got some thoughts on, again, the Titans loss from this past Thursday night. I do want to ask them that before we dive into the Packers, because I'm going to try to dance around this as long as I can before we get to the sad stuff. How much did you enjoy a Sunday without a Packers game? More specifically, a Sunday without a Packers loss. Dude, I honestly, I didn't say anything to Andrea about it. But like getting up in the morning, I'm like, kind of got a little pep in my step and make some breakfast. (laughs) Ah, the noon game started a couple minutes late to that. No biggie. Contemplated a nap. Nap didn't work out. But it was like, strange and I she brought up she's like you know you're a little bit more relaxed when there's not a Packers win I'm like yeah you're absolutely right that's it's it was it was it was like a bye week but not because I was like I'm still gonna watch football mm-hmm. sometimes bye weeks I completely put a football aside but yeah it was just a strange feeling to kind of just be like had a little bit of weight off your shoulders which was just it's not the way you want to digest your favorite favorite sports franchise like I don't have to have this stress on me. Like it's kind of a weird thing, but it, I guess, maybe it was needed. But it was it was strange. Yeah, I stress out over every game. I think I've talked about that before. That even when it's you know Packers should cruise in this game or whatever. In in recent yeah. years, I've always still had a nagging level of stress or irritation or concern or whatever. This was weird though. It's like, okay, well, I don't have to worry about that this week because every single week has been a different kind of stress this season. But I don't have to worry about that, and I can just enjoy football for football. Unfortunately, we had a bunch of crappy games over the weekend here in Northeast Kansas. Our local game in the early window was Jets Patriots, which had a great ending, but the first 59 minutes and 30 seconds were absolute basura. So uh, that was not maybe necessarily the best way to make up for not having a Packers game, but Hey, it was, it was just kind of nice to be able to avoid that stress at least for a little bit. But We do have Packers football to talk about, you know, for better or for worse. Let's start with our final thoughts from that game against the Tennessee Titans. 27-17, a loss. Honestly, I think you could argue, and this is a more pessimistic view of the game in retrospect, 
You could probably argue it should have been worse. Tennessee really dicked around at the end of the game, to be completely honest with you. For some reason, they didn't run the ball nearly as much as they should have in late game scenarios. Some bizarre play calling. They probably could have put the hammer down even earlier than they eventually did. Now, they didn't need any extra help because the Packers were just completely incompetent offensively in the fourth quarter of the game. This was a really hard one to stomach, Matt, coming off of that big win over the Cowboys. I mean, as fans, we didn't even get a full week to really celebrate the fact that, hey, at least we got this one really exciting win. Instead, it was just a matter of days later before it all came crashing back down. Since we've got a few days to let this one soak in and to digest another difficult day for both the offense and defense, what's sort of your just lasting image or lasting thought about this most recent loss against Tennessee? Honestly, Ryan Tannehill dicing us up and throwing the ball around to receivers that really Robert Woods is a good player coming back off an ACL Traylon Burks. I feel like I hadn't seen him pop off all year and mm-hmm. I don't know, man, just to see like an offense that predominantly is just nasty and gritty in the trenches dominate that way. They, they were good there, but like really they did their, they did their business in the passing game to see Ryan Tannehill have one of his better games this year after having, you know, some injuries and stuff and just like not starting the year too hot. That's really what it was. It's just like the, the defense, our defense, particularly just all the talent there from draft picks to a couple of free agent signings to uh, just the way they've grown this team. And it's just, just shitty putting guys in bad spots, guys not making plays where they need to make plays. Uh, it's just, I don't know. The defense is just kind of, it's like, it is, it's just back to what it's been kind of the, I mean, there's a couple things I think we've all year talked about, you know, the offense not being sick, but truly I feel like the defense is constantly just in a state of, we are not going to press you physically and like the way they play. And it's just a, it's just a horrible situation for that defense with all that talent there and just the way they've looked. And there's some, been some bright spots with some younger guys too, but ultimately the lasting impression is just Ryan Tannehill will be able to slice and dice to whoever he wanted to throw the ball to. Austin Hooper looking like a damn pro bowler out there. And just, yeah, it's just, it's just all bad, man. Like that's, that's kind of the ice. It's just the final cherry on top. Like a Tennessee Titans team that is known to run the ball, be physical up front, but then they really attack you from the passing game, which is just, how could you not stop that? But we've seen that happen to lesser talented teams this year on the offensive side of the ball, or maybe similar talented teams. And, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the defense. There's going to be a lot of speculation throughout the rest of the year in the offseason, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just the defense, just the way they finally have just showed us their true colors time and time again, and they just can't seem to figure it out no matter what the circumstance and what momentum they have going into a game. Yeah, I don't think I could blame anyone for reacting more intensely to either the offense or the defense from this game. I mean, if you look at from an offensive perspective, we know that this is a bad group right now offensively. And I think you can point to a lot of things. We'll get to the quarterback specifically in just a few minutes, but after a really good game against Dallas and a couple games in a row where he had been pretty solid and he even started the game against Tennessee decently, but Rogers did not have a good game. He was really bad at the end of the game against Tennessee. I think the play calling was really poor. The wide receivers did not do Rogers any help. There was one play that Kirk Herbstreit pointed it out late in the broadcast. It was a third down. I want to say it was one of the plays where Rodgers got sacked. Frankly, I've flushed a lot of the memory of this game out, at least on a play-to-play basis. But everybody went vertical or at least went to the boundary. Rodgers is left in the pocket. Did he hold the ball too long? Probably dump it, take off, do something with it. But Herbstreit pointed it out on the Amazon broadcast. Nobody... Nobody worked back. Everyone just keeps running away or staying away. No one worked left or right. No one came back. And I'm not trying to absolve Rodgers of all blame here, but it, it was just a group effort of, of crappiness. That's not a very well-spoken English sentence, but that's essentially what it was. It was a group effort of everybody coming together to play terribly in the game. But all that being said, and we, we should point out that you're never going to survive in today's NFL. Even in a year where offense has been down around the league, you can't survive scoring 17 points a game. I mean, that's just not a, a realistic way to live, especially if your defense is going to be this porous. And that's my lasting image, too. For as bad as the offense has been, I know the defense has also equally been just as bad this year. But, man, have some dignity. Like, watch what – and I – I always preface things by saying this because I don't want to come off as holier than thou. I don't want to act like I deserve a coaching job or something like that. As I always say, I'm just an idiot with a microphone and a web connection. 
But do you watch tape? Like, like, do you see all the things on a week-to-week basis that aren't working? And I go back to week one, and we, on this very show, Matt, we're talking about not covering Justin Jefferson. And I was willing to give at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to Joe Barry and the defense that, look, I get you have a scheme. I get you have a plan. You can't completely abandon that from the very beginning. You can't say, well, we were going to do this, but in the first half of game number one, we're going to throw that all in the trash and do something different because that from the very beginning says, okay, maybe we didn't have a very good plan in the first place. And maybe this wasn't going anywhere in the first place, but we just finished week 11. Week 11 is finishing up on Monday night with Monday night football in Mexico city between San Francisco and Arizona. Like this is not, this is not the time to say, well, we're, we're still looking for it to come together. And I know that's not a direct quote from anyone, but at some point, don't you have to look at what's happened and all the things that have gone wrong and all the guys who have either not taken a step forward or truly regressed this season? Don't you have to say maybe it's time to try something different? Isn't it time to maybe get more aggressive or put Russell Douglas on the boundary instead of in the slot so much? And I know injuries have changed things too, and Eric Stokes going down is different, but there's one of the guys who has regressed this year. Yeah. Why not try something different? I think that's the thing that bothers me is just that it's the same thing, but it's just an unbelievable level of stubbornness trying the exact same thing. And you can say the same thing about the offense as well. I think there's a massive amount of stubbornness that both Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, hell, Adam Stenovich, individual players outside of the quarterback, whatever, they've shown stubbornness too. But defensively, man, you are getting shredded by Ryan Tannehill on the back nine of his career. He is not even the player he was over the last two seasons. And he doesn't have much in the way of wide receiver help. I guess it was nice for them to have Traylon Burks have his breakout game. But man, it just it just feels like if you're not going to do something to make up for your deficiencies, one of the biggest of them now being you have no pass rush. There is no pass rush whatsoever with Rashawn Gary out. And when Jacob filled in last week, he and I were talking about that. Kenny Clark has been a complete no-show for, frankly, half the season at this point. Why just rest on your laurels, your garbage laurels for what it's worth, and just say, yeah, this is fine. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, it is it just gross incompetence? Is it extreme stubbornness? Is it just an unbearable amount of blinding optimism that, hey, at some point this is going to work? I just don't get it. And it feels every week like Joe Barry really doesn't get it either, which I think is fair to say. I mean, his defenses have always been bad. He was the defensive coordinator for the 0-16 Lions. We've been over all of this. Even the Packers last year, when they looked like they were playing a lot better, finished 23rd in the league in DVOA. I mean, they were bottom 10 in that particular useful advanced metric. So to me, Matt, it's just the stubbornness of everyone and the fact that all this time, offensively, defensively, nothing changes. It doesn't even appear like there's been much effort in a game-to-game basis for things to change. And we're left in this spot where guys are out of position, they're regressing, and you're, like you said, letting Ryan Tannehill tear you up. I mean, where's where's the self-respect at that point? It's Ryan Tannehill, guys. Come on. This is near the end of the career, going to be replaced soon by Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill. This isn't even, you know, the last couple years where he's throwing play-action glance routes to A.J. Brown all over the place. I mean, it's just, it's sad, and it's, I don't want to say pathetic. These are grown men. These are the guys who are at the very top of their profession, but it sort of feels that way. And the, the visual fan made product certainly is. Yeah, no, I I love the fact that you're referencing back to week one when they mentioned, right. You know, guys, you know, they, they came out and I think it was mostly Joe Barry or maybe Matt LaFleur took the, took the brunt of it on that Monday, but it was like, you know, guys, it's really tough to change the scheme mid game. You know, we wanted to get Jair on Justin Jefferson more just didn't work out. And it's like, I heard that and I'm like, okay, I'll kind of take that for what it is. But like, I feel like quite often football, sports, really any competitive nature is being able to adapt, adjust, maybe playing to what your uh, the other team or the other competition is giving you. And it's like, that's, that's kind of strange. Like, I feel like you should have a contingency plan just in case this does go awry or, you know, you have enough athletes that you could – workshop something in halftime or in between series but we just kind of took that and some people probably just took it as like oh yeah that makes sense I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that and now like you said week 12 how is this still how is this still a problem like it's been 
But the, but that's not to say that some players haven't underperformed. Jair hasn't played his top, you know, the way he's played in the past. There's really no one on the defensive side of the ball that's been consistent throughout this whole year. Kenny Clark, you mentioned, he's not really getting a pass rush. Saw, saw Chris Jones last night, Sunday Night Football, basically finish a game off for the Chiefs, being in the same position that Kenny Clark plays in. Couldn't do the same. Like, it's just I, – I really do think a lot of it has to do with scheme. Like, there's no way – that a scheme, a good scheme, an average scheme with this amount of talent couldn't be successful. Like it just, with all this talent, just doesn't make sense. Like there's, we're not putting players in the right spots. There was that article weeks and weeks, weeks ago about how Packers line up with three down linemen, two outside rushers. They're going to bring the house. Like they're not, or those five guys, they're not bringing any nickel slot stuff. They're not rolling down in a safety. They're not, they're not throwing any wrinkles like into what they're doing as far as a pass rush or even just pass coverage. It's just so vanilla, so boring, so basic. Bring five, drop six into a shell and get sliced and diced. It really doesn't matter who's getting the ball. You'd think you would adapt it towards, you know, a different style, uh, you know, a different offense. You would uh, arrange your defense in a different fashion that it would be able to get more stops. But maybe some of that is the pass rush. The pass rush can't get there. It's even more exposed now that Rayshon Gary is there. And they were going into the season without some great depth there as we talked at nauseum. Um, but ultimately, the defense isn't where it needs to be. And I, I did omit Aaron Rodgers from some criticism from my initial statement here. I think he played really, really bad on Thursday night. Terrible to see him just not set his feet, throw the ball downfield, make a strike, and just take the easy stuff. And it just, I mean, some of that's easy on the receivers too. I still think there's some development that needs to be had there for some of the younger guys. But it's just we knew there's question marks going into the season and more have more question marks have came up. We have less answers for more questions. We'll get to Rogers here in just a hot second, but I do want to follow up on one name in particular you mentioned who I think is an awesome case study in everything that has gone wrong this year with coaching, with focus, with effort, with stubbornness, all of that. Jair Alexander against Buffalo looked like the best cornerback in the NFL. He was awesome in the game against the Bills. He was tuned up. He obviously has long-standing beef with Stefan Diggs. He they talked about it on Sunday night football endlessly that he didn't want to talk about Diggs. He didn't want to talk about Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, any of those guys. He just wanted a ball. He wanted attention on himself. He went out there and he played out of his mind. He was awesome in the game against Buffalo. Where's he been the last couple weeks? Like like it should be a consistent week to week thing. And in previous years that's been the case. It's been Sort of the opposite, where week to week, generally, things have gone well, but then two to three times a season, there's a game where you just say, what the hell is happening? Why is the effort so poor? Think of the Chargers game in 2019. You think of Buccaneers game in, I believe that was 2020. I mean, there's a smattering of those games everywhere. We had a couple of those in 2021 as well, and not just the season opening clunkers, but during the rest of the season as well. Why did that flip? This year, and I think you can look at Aaron Rodgers the same way and say, man, he was balling out against the Cowboys. He looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. He is old Aaron Rodgers, yeah. but he looked like the Aaron Rodgers of even a recent vintage. I mean, he was precise. He was reading the defense well. Was that a matter of he was just in a zone? The Cowboys defense was being lackadaisical. He was extra amped up to play against Mike McCarthy. I don't know exactly what it is, but it just feels like there's not that kind of focus and preparation on a week-to-week basis. I do want to get to Aaron Rodgers in particular, though. We talked about this a little bit on last week's show, and I'll put up the title of the segment here from the very beginning. The kind of vitriol that Rodgers has faced, and I've shared my opinions on the final dump before, Matt, and you and I have talked about it before. I think Aaron Rodgers is a problem this season. I do not think he is the problem. I think some of the social media reaction. This is not everyone, you know, social media is not real life to a lot of degrees, but you know, especially sports fan Twitter is not real life to a, to a lot of degrees, but a lot of the reaction seems kind of personal, you know, whether it's deserved or not about Aaron Rodgers, who he is as a person, how he decides to live his life, all of that. And maybe it clouds how some people feel about him. I think there are also certainly a lot of people who have not put enough blame on him for what has gone wrong this season. I mean, he's, he has not been good. That's, it's okay to say it. Like he's great. My opinion of him will will never change. You know, over the course of his career, all the times I've enjoyed watching him, getting to see him in person, all that. My opinion will not change based on him having a bad year at the end of his career. But some people seem to not want to just admit 
he has not been good in 2022. So now you're in a position where your playoff hopes are dangling off a ledge, one pinky holding on to the side of the cliff before it goes tumbling down into death and oblivion. You're so close to the season to that degree being over. Then you've got to ask yourself, do you sit Aaron Rodgers? Do you see what you have, quote unquote, so to speak, with Jordan Love? You've got to make a decision on Jordan Love this offseason, whether or not you're going to pick up his fifth-year option, because you have to make that call before a player's fourth season. This is year three for Love. This will be the offseason going into year four, so the Packers have to make that decision. Do you sit Rodgers so you can play Love and see what you have for the last few weeks of the season? And you don't have to make it a a benching per se. I mean, you can easily pass it off as, Hey, by the way, Rogers is playing with a broken thumb that has clearly obviously been bothering him for the balance of the season. At least since the giants game, we're going to have him have surgery, rest it, whatever, put him on IR. Love's going to finish off the year, whatever it ends up being. Is that something that you think should happen period at any point? If it should happen, when will that come up? Or do you think it's worth just sticking with Rodgers? Because, you know, we know your thoughts on Jordan Love, that he's probably not a guy. I also don't necessarily think that he's a guy in the NFL. But where do you stand on what should happen with that quarterback position, especially as playoff hopes get smaller, smaller, and less and less likely by the week? I mean, you got to roll him out there at some point. You have to this season. I don't know if it's in mop-up duty. I don't know if it's against, you know, the problem too is like you look at some of these teams they have to face. like. I don't feel like at this point they're going to roll them out there against Philly. On the road to Chicago seems crazy. Rams also doesn't seem like a great opportunity. Miami seems like hostile environment. I, I just – when does he get an opportunity to start? I'm not sure. I think it's later in the year, maybe divisional games, Vikings or Lions. I To start a game. Now, mop-up duty, I felt like should have happened weeks ago. I thought maybe in the Lions game – I thought maybe uh, I, I, there was just the Giants. Like, there was just other games where it's like it seemed like he should have gotten in there a little bit sooner. I just don't know how you – I liked how you framed that, though, with the, with the injured thumb. That's a that's a good angle. That's a great angle. I like that angle. But you got to roll him out there to see if you can get some maybe trade bait for him or what. Because, like you said, that fifth-year option is a massive, massive decision for them to make. Like, that is huge. And – I already made the wrong decision with Darnell Savage on a fifth-year option. Like, let's not screw it up with a quarterback. Uh, that can really stunt your growth for an NFL franchise. Should you get someone else in this offseason, compete with Jordan Love, compete with Aaron Rodgers? I'm not sure, but ultimately there needs to – it's not like a we're flipping a switch, but there needs to be a, a plan in place like, hey, when we're down X amount of points, this is how the game's going – whether it's the start of a second half, fourth quarter, last couple drives, like more than just a couple, like a little bit of mop-up duty when they're down 30, he needs to get out there. I don't know when he starts a game. I think it is later in the season. It seems crazy that he'd start a game at this point, unless something were to happen with that finger or that, excuse me, that thumb to make it worse. They could definitely spin that narrative to make it sound different. Although ultimately I feel like Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be a great uh, secret keeper on that one. His uh, Tuesday Pat McAfee segments might lead us to something that, like, yeah, we're, you know, it's, yeah, not sure, but it's, it's, you know, it's, who knows? He could have some doubts within the fan base across the interwebs, but he needs, love needs to get out there more than he's been because you got to get him into some real action, some see a full game, whether it, maybe it is a hostile environment he needs to go up against. Maybe it is a tough Rams team at home, but. At the end of the day, like you, there has to be a conversation. It's it's more serious than it's been probably ever because the season is dwindling away. There's not really much of an opportunity to save it. Uh, and I think Love has to roll out there at some point. I just don't know when they're going to do it. Um, the start of game, like I said, seems wild, but the, the mop-up duty needs to be a little bit more serious than truly going out there to mop it up for the last couple minutes. It's a tough balance to strike because I – personally believe and we are going to get to more of the roster future for this Packers team coming up in a little bit uh, later on in the show but it's a tough balance to strike I think at the bare bare minimum you have to keep starting Rodgers until 
you get to a point where you're eliminated from postseason contention. And if you're still mathematically alive going into week 16, even if it would take a cataclysmic event, maybe an entire team missing a game and having to forfeit whatever it takes. If you have even a hundredth of a hundredth of 1% to make the playoffs, I think you have to start Aaron Rodgers because the way the Packers have run this organization in recent years, ever since the drafting of Jordan Love, would lead you to believe it's still Rodgers' show. I mean, look at the money they gave him this offseason. They clearly still believed in him to be the guy for this team. I think if you'd suddenly pull him and put in the guy who has played barely any meaningful time in the first three years of his career, I think that's essentially saying, yeah, we're punting on the season. Now, if you get to that point in week 17 or whatever it is, when you are officially for good out of playoff contention, then it's a worthwhile discussion. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers too, (laughs) Rodgers has made it very clear in the last couple of seasons, really since he's had this sort of spiritual awakening in which he's willing to share all of his emotions and thoughts so much more since, you know, 2020 when he started going out with Pat McAfee and just speaking his mind more often, he's talked a lot about, I don't want to say not wanting to work, but he has made it very clear where he stands on doing anything more than he has to do to be the player he thinks he can be. And by that, I mean, he does not want to play in the preseason. And if he was asked by Matt LaFleur, hey, are you willing to play a few snaps in the preseason? You can imagine what Rodgers' answer is. He has made it very clear what he thinks about the 17th game in the regular season. And right or wrong, his opinion, I mean, he has made it very clear he thinks that was a bad idea. He did not want to have that extra game. I just feel like maybe at this point, if your thumb really is hurting and there's nothing to play for, maybe he would be more willing to say, all right, fine, I are. Because let's be realistic. We know based on just the whispers and the reporting we've heard about this team in recent weeks, in the last couple of years, Rodgers is going to get a say about whether or not he sits out for the rest of the season. So if we get to the very end, there's nothing to play for. The thumb is clearly still bothering him. Maybe he does flip a switch and say, all right, fine. I'll, I'll sit for two weeks. Go see what you have in Jordan Love. Hell, maybe it's just flat out, out of spite. He just says, all right, sure. Yeah. Go see what you have in Jordan Love. I, I see him every day in practice. I've seen him in the preseason. I've watched all those live reps he's taken with the ones, with the twos, whatever. Go see what you have in Jordan Love. I will be looking forward to having good conversations about free agency acquisitions this offseason when it's clear he's not the guy. I, I don't exactly know how that approach will go, but I think you have to at least wait until you are eliminated from postseason play. And, and I think Jacob Westendorf, the El Jefe of Game on Wisconsin, who filled in again on the show last week, I believe he said that the other day when this topic came up too, that look, you you have to play Rodgers, at least until you are knocked out of playoff contention. Because at that point, obviously things change a lot. I did pull up the schedule for the Packers the rest of the way. They've got six games left because they do still have the bye. And as Matt LaFleur spoke about this week, maybe it wasn't a great idea to wait so long into the season to have your bye week. But the Packers still have to play the Eagles, the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Pack, or sorry, the Vikings, and then the Lions. That is the remaining schedule for these two or for this Packers team. I mean, there's a lot of losses on here, if we're being honest. The Eagles probably going to win. We'll get to that game specifically in a little bit. The Packers can beat the Bears, although the Bears offense has been playing very well over the last couple of weeks. The Rams are terrible. They Who knows what Stafford's health is going to be like all the way on December 19th. Christmas Day against the Dolphins in Miami, uh, that could get ugly. This Packers defense against that Dolphins offense, that could get ugly in a hurry. The Vikings, they're frauds, but they are still better than the Packers this year. And then the Lions, January 8th, a game that is not going to mean anything for either team. I think that game could, you know, that's a total crapshoot. Who knows what could possibly happen in that game? I mean, with that many losses, it's probably not going to be all that long until this team is eliminated from postseason contention. So I I would not be shocked if we ended up seeing a switch at QB. I just don't think it will be or that it should be for any quote unquote meaningful games. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I, I get. I guess I felt like I've talked about it enough, or, or maybe not enough, but like not on here, obviously, because I missed a couple of weeks. But like, yeah, until they're mathematically eliminated, he will not be in. Jordan Love. Like, there's just no way that thumb could fall off, and Aaron Rodgers is going to still roll out there until he's they're out of the playoff contention. Once that is a definitive zero percent chance, 
I think there's a lot of conversation of what's game. And you mentioned, like, there's I don't think there's a great situation to put him in until the final two because I think those are all really, really tough matchups and tough games to get into. But eventually we're going to see him out there, and it's going to be, man, like, there's going to be something to watch just to live for. And we're going to not – I don't really give a shit at that point about the defense or the special teams. I just want to see how Love can operate and run with that offense. And I, I don't know, but uh, it's, it's a wild, wild environment to just, like, two-thirds of the way through the season now looking and ready to when our backups getting in, how that's going to work with our veteran. It's just a it's just a weird dynamic to be in for a Packers fan. We haven't had it for many, many years. No, we, we haven't. It's very weird and strange, and to be completely honest with you, I don't like it one bit. But that is a good segue to something else that we wanted to get to on today's show, and that's this entire roster as a whole. And how many guys on this team do you actually want back next year and i'm not necessarily talking about like okay christian watson and romeo dobbs do not come up in this conversation obviously those guys are going to be back or you know dudes who are under contract long term who don't have outs things like that the obvious things but this was brought up and bandied about a little bit on packers twitter on monday and i want to make sure i get katie's last name right because it's sunderland i believe or it might be sunderman i'm so sorry katie she's a very, very kind woman on, on Packers Twitter. I'll get her name right here in a second. But she brought up a list of, hey, look at all these players. How many of these guys do you actually think will be back for the Packers this year? And a few of them I thought, okay, well, Rashawn Gary's going to get whatever money he wants. Plus, he's got his fifth-year option. Like he He's going to be around for the long haul. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be around. I am at a point where I would be genuinely stunned if he is not the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2023. But if you look up and down this roster, Matt, offensively, defensively, guys who are on the fringes of getting another contract or maybe can be cut to save some cap space, I mean, how much of this roster do you actually want to keep around for next year, given the way the effort level and production has looked this year? Dude, it's tough. Like, you look at even just guys that they'd have to renew, right, or even have a huge 2023 hit. I think that's the big one. Like, I know Bakhtiari's got a huge cap coming. We went through this on uh, Saturday's episode of Packaday because it was just like there's nothing really else to talk about. Normally the injury report squad, but um, I think Aaron Jones is a huge contract. Obviously, you want to bring Aaron Jones back, especially with the lack of development again from another guy, young guy AJ Dillon. But I think a lot of the I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of talent here to be you know to be excited about, especially the defensive side. Definitely on the offensive line, in my opinion. I think, you know, David, besides David Bakhtiari, everything else seems pretty much solidified there. You're not paying anyone too much money. Elton Jenkins is going to be due for a contract shortly, but relatively, like, there are some older guys, you know, veteran dudes like a Randall Cobb or, you know, Lazard. I hope they bring back because I'm a big fan of him. But Adrian Amos, I know, is a big cap hit, but I'm not too concerned about the core of this team changing all that much. I, I think the team, I think the way, the, uh, Gutekunst has done it is like he hasn't really done a full rebuild yet there is an opportunity to add some talent at positions of need whether it be outside linebacker whether it be safety depending how that develops receiver most definitely tight ends a goofy one Tunyon's going to be up and I think most of the I think the Guar is the only one that's actually going to be under contract next year uh, from if memory serves me right but I think the core is there I like it I think I agree with you like I'd be shocked if Aaron Rodgers had gone at this point just even reflecting back on our last topic that we haven't seen Jordan love enough to, for them to even give him the reins to the car, give him reins to the, the, the Haas. So I think it's the mo I think there's going to be some cap cap casualties, unfortunately, a couple big names, but realistically, I think there's a decent amount of the core there. Devondra Campbell, that'll be interesting as well, where he's at with his contract and also with the knee injury. But I, I think the biggest shakeup will be in the, in the, uh, the secondary, and it's going to be some defensive stuff. Like we're like I said, offensively, I think it's in a good shape. There's going to be a couple of pieces to be added, but they're not going to go and get like you know a couple of weapons for the receiving group because they just invested capital in the uh, the draft. Like they're going to have to supplement in if Cobb goes away or Lazard goes away, and more than likely Sammy Watkins. They'll have to bring a guy in that way, but I don't see them making a big splash for a 
receiver. And I, I ultimately, to answer the question, like I want a lot of the roster back. I like the roster. They've done a lot with this roster. It's very similar to the roster they had last year, minus a few guys. I just don't know why they can't seem to get it the hell together. Um, bring in a couple dudes, maybe a receiver, maybe figure out the tight end situation, bring another pass rusher, whatever the hell you got going on in that safety position. But ultimately, everyone's everyone's play is just played so down. It's really tough to understand like where the big changes need to be made. I think it's a lot of just like the way the personnel is being used. There's a number of guys who will be free agents this year. Honestly, I think most of the free agents, if I had to guess, are probably not going to be back. Like I love Adrian Amos. I have really enjoyed watching him over the last couple of seasons. I know that this year has not been nearly the same for him. And that's unfortunate. I'd be really surprised if he was back next year. He's getting close to 30 years old. He's taken a step back in terms of production and effectiveness this year. I would be surprised, especially if there is a new defensive coordinator. Then I would be very surprised to see a guy like that go away. Now, if that defensive coordinator was, oh, I don't know, let's throw out a random name of a guy who's a great defensive coordinator, maybe not so much a great head coach, he's going to be looking for a job next year. Oh, Vic Fangio. Oh, who coached Adrian Amos before and got him to a near all-pro level when he was in Chicago. Okay, maybe in that case, you see a way in which Adrian Amos returns on a short-term deal in 2023. But other than that, I I would be very surprised if he were to return, which is unfortunate because I really like Adrian Amos. But again, he's taking a step back this year. I'm just going down the list of free agents that they have at Spotrack, by the way, as I name off some of these names. I think Cobb's an interesting case. He's playing really well this year. When he has been healthy, he has been really effective as kind of a tertiary option for the offense this year. He's still got a great rapport with Rodgers. I think he would probably come back. It would have to be for cheap if he did come back. But I think if Rodgers said, hey, look, throw me a bone, bring back Cobb. He played well in 22 when no one else did. I think you could at least make an argument that you would bring him back. So fine. Not a huge worry with that one. You know, Dean Lowry's a free agent. You have any interest in bringing Dean Lowry back after this year? No, I, I, I don't either. I mean, thanks for the time, Dean, but no, nah, that's okay. Uh, Lazard, I, I don't know, man. Lazard's going to be hard to keep when you've got Watson, when you've got Dobbs, I would assume Toure is going to have some sort of role. You're going to want some veterans back. I think there's a chance, given the Packers cap situation, Lazard might have priced himself out. I'd love to have him back. Rodgers trusts him to some degree. I think he's a good player. I think he might have priced himself out for the Packers. I think Tunyon is probably gone at this point. He's barely been used to any effective degree this year. Uh, Watkins better be gone. I, I would be outraged if he was back, to be completely honest with you. What a total disaster of a signing. Uh, I think Elton Jenkins, he, he's got a question about his future. There's some sort of question there. Um, we've got a comment from Dan on the Gamma Wisconsin YouTube comments and appreciate everyone who is chiming in today. I know we haven't gotten everyone, but thank you all. Um, he says, do you cut release both Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry? Well, they don't have to cut or release either of them. Both are free agents. So there there's, it would be a matter of intentionally re-signing them instead of a matter of cutting them respectively, individually, as a group, whatever. So both of those guys are going to be free agents. They're going to be able to pick their next location. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team. Like, okay, a guy who I'd love to bring back is free agent. Like, bring Keyshawn Nixon back. He, he, I think, has been an effective player, but that's not that, that's not a huge splash piece. I mean, he's a role player and a special teamer. I think even the guys who are under contract for next year, like, there's a real decision to be made about Aaron Jones. If you cut Aaron Jones, you're saving $11 million. That's significant. His cap hits 20 million and some change. Is he still a good player? Yes, he's absolutely a good player. He's a fantastic player. He's a very effective player. He's he's a great NFL running back. Is that worth a $20 million cap hit? Or rather, is that worth giving away in $11 million savings? I think that's something worth asking. What does the contract renegotiation look like with David Bakhtiari? And I'm not going to pretend I know exactly what all the restructures and whatnot look like, but I think that's going to be a question there. Hey, Dave, you've been good this year. We also don't know day to day if you're going to be able to play on the upcoming Sunday. So uh, let's, you know, let's spread the money out, whatever it ends up being. Um, and, and to Dan's point, Dan said he got it figured out. He meant resign. I think you might let them both go. I mean, Reed's been good, but Reed's become a journeyman in, in this latter part of his career. I mean, he's been on three teams now in the last three seasons. Low Lowry's just probably not a good player. He got hot last season while Kenny Clark was balling out. Now Clark is struggling, and Lowry is a complete nobody. I, I, 
I think probably both of those guys are let go. They do let go of a couple of those guys. So I'm operating under the assumption, Matt, that Rodgers is back. And if that is the case, you're going to have to be careful with that salary cap if you want to add some guys in free agency, if you want to make a trade or whatever. Because the I don't know if you've looked at the wide receiver class for free agency this year. Ugh, it ain't good. It, it is You're not finding a superstar number one receiver from this year's wide receiver free agency pool, especially with what the cap is likely going to look like for Green Bay. So you're going to have to keep some of these guys around. There are some I think you can make an argument for. It's, it might get ugly, though. There there might be some guys who are really liked by Packers fans who get cut, but hey, that's the business side of it. And when you commit this much money to a quarterback, no matter how good they are, you do have to make those tough decisions. I do want to go real quick, and I know we've got so much we yeah. can still talk about when it comes to the offense, when it comes to the roster. This defense sucks. We talked about it earlier in the show. We talked about how bad they were against the Titans, making Ryan Tannehill look like he was damn prime Fran Tarkenton out there. Do you have any, I don't know if, do you have any hope left is the right question for this defense, but I think maybe the better way to phrase it is what glimmers of hope are you still looking for or hoping to see from the rest of this season from this defense? Is it Quay Walker continues to play better? Because I do think he has been better over the last couple of weeks. And that's a credit to him because I know I was hard on him a couple of weeks ago. I think he's been much better in recent games. Is it, I want to see him play more. I want Devontae Wyatt to get on the field, period. J.R. Alexander refocus. I mean, what are you hoping to see? If there is anything at this point, you're even hoping to see out of this defense the rest of the way. Yeah, no, I honestly, it's just young guys making a name for themselves. Like Quay Walker had a great game against the Titans. I thought he was flying around fantastic without Devondre Campbell out there. That's, I mean, he took another step in the right direction. I think Rudy Ford's another one, like just been absolutely just dynamite on special teams, particularly defense the last few weeks. Like, I want to see some young guys like make a name for themselves, make it a little bit easier to not re-sign J. Ron Reed or uh, Dean Lowry. Have T.J. Slayton ball out, Devontae White be healthy and get on the field. Like That's what I want to see. I want to see these young guys make it a little bit more difficult, some veteran guys that maybe won't be brought back, and Adrian Amos v. Arudi Ford. That's really where I'm looking to take it to the next step is like what can we see from these young dudes uh, particularly even like Kinsley and Abari, like he had a really good game against the Titans. Like he was really good around the edge coming around the, on the uh, right side or the left side of the offensive line, whichever way you look at it. Like I want to see some young guys step up and hope. I hope it's just like the silver lining. Like that's really just, I'm looking for these young guys to ball. Like ultimately if they start throwing different stuff, on the defensive side of the ball that like they weren't rolling out before, I'm going to lose my mind. Keep throwing the hot garbage out there that we had, because I don't want to, I don't want to know that you had something saved up, Joe. Like that would really piss me off. So don't get injured. Have our top guys get hurt. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like it's just, there's, there's not a lot of hope left. Like it's really, I'm just trying to look for some young guys to ball out. Maybe have a great story for the Packers for a few years and, and stay with the team and make it easier for them once they get rid of some guys. That's that's really what I'm looking at. Rudy Ford's my guy right now. Like I love the way he's played. I want to see him ball out and take whatever position. I mean, it seems like he's prying himself for some starts at the next couple, you know, six weeks. So Ford's my dude going forward. And I think uh Jonathan Abram, see if he can get on the field too. That'd be great. 44, terrible, terrible number though. Yes, agreed. Horrible number. I also put you in such a bad spot with this question. We've been talking all day about how garbage this defensive unit is. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> tell me some good things. Tell me about how happy you are to see certain players. So I, I put you on the spot with this question, so that's on me. I think I'm with you, though, that the biggest thing the rest of the way, let's get some young guys on the field, man. Let, let's see them make plays. I mean, Walker has been out there playing in a starting role every single week, and with Campbell Hurt, he's had to do even more. Although I, I will say, and I haven't gone back and watched the the coaches film in a few weeks. So maybe this is on me and I'm, I'm missing something. I actually kind of think that McDuffie has played decently well and stepping in and having to play a linebacker. Not that he's tremendous. I mean, he's not Luke Keekley out there, but I actually think he's been okay. I think Walker and McDuffie have played well with each other. So seeing Walker play more, you know, continue to play well and continue to ascend. I think that's valuable. These other young guys, I just want to see them on the field, see what we can get. Play Devontae Wyatt. Why not? It, again, especially when you get to a point where there's nothing left to lose because you're eliminated from the postseason or whatever. Dean Lowry doesn't need more snaps, man. Play Devontae Wyatt. See if you can get something out of him. Or maybe he is just truly awful and you're not going to get a single thing out of him. But, I mean, man, why not at least try? Why, why not there's give just, it an effort? 
there's just no way though, right? Like he can't be that bad a first round caliber player on a great deep. Like it just makes no sense. But that, yeah, and like we talk about Dean Lowry and like Jay, like there's no way he doesn't get into a rotation. And like the way defensive line should rotate and like the caliber of what they're rolling mm-hmm. out there, D line, like get him out there more. No, I'm I'm with you entirely. The other name that I would like to see some more from, and I think that he has been pretty solid in recent weeks. I want to see more of Kingsley and Igbari. I think there's something there. I don't know if he's ever going to be a great player off the edge. I like what the Packers have in him, though. I think he can be a good rotational pass rusher. I think we've seen glimpses of that, a little bit of bend off the edge, good closing speed. I, I do think there's a lot to like there. It's been inconsistent. It is harder to rush the passer when Enigbari is your number two as a rookie and Preston Smith is your number one. I like Preston Smith. I think Preston Smith has actually had a pretty solid season. I would much rather have him be edge two than edge one, though, but you're in a tough spot due to Rashawn Gary's injury. So for me, at least, I just want to see those young guys on the field as much as possible. I'll throw you know, if he's healthy and good to go at some point, Shamar Jean Charles, put him out there. Why Why the hell not? Why not at least give him some real snaps? I just want to see guys out there. I mean, it, again, especially when you get to those last couple games of the season, Vikings, Lions, those last two weeks, if you're already eliminated from playoff contention, that, that's tryout periods at that point. That's veterans play with dignity, play for your next contract. Rookies, get out there. Let's see what you have. That's all I'm hoping to see out of this defense the rest of the way, because let's be frank, Matt. I mean, Anything is better than what we've gotten so far. And at the very least, if we can get to a point where we can say, hey, well, at least Enigbari looks good. Or, hey, at least Walker looks like he's going to be a real piece for the next four years. That would at least be something, because right now we don't have anything. We we have absolutely nothing to be happy about with this defense. Yeah, honestly, I, you kind of hit on this. McDuffie's been a weird situation. Like, he's just thrown in there. He used to be a special teamer coming off the edge too. It's just like, it's wild to see him being out there put in a position that he's not completely failing, but it's still crazy to see that he's the way he's being utilized, but all young guys, we're naming all young guys. Let the guys besides Preston Smith, let them ball out. And two, we have a, a comment from our guy, Iowa Joe on the uh, game on Wisconsin YouTube comments. And again, thank you everyone for chiming in today. Uh, yeah. Gene Charles has been hurt a lot this season. He's been banged up. He's been inactive, all that, but if he was able to go just, hypothetically, I mean, you could throw in any injured young guy's name in, in the same place. And I mean, shoot, you say the same thing about the offense, really the same principle. That, hey, Christian Watson should never come off the field unless he needs a breather. Like Romeo Dobbs, if he is eventually able to get back at some point, should play every snap unless he is absolutely blowing, you know, he's just completely blown out on the sideline. I mean, give these guys reps, put Zach Tom in, put Zach Tom on the offensive line. Let's just see the young guys. Cause this team ain't making the playoffs. I know they're mathematically still in it. I think realistically, we all know they're not making the playoffs, though. So, hey, give the young guys a shot. That, Matt, brings us to a matchup on Sunday Night Football with the best team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. I have one note that I think could be a positive for the Packers in this game. I've got one thing. It might not be, but I think you can point to it and say, maybe this can be a benefit. But I'll let you go first. What... I mean, what's the expectation for this game? Are you even at a point where it's, well, to win, you have to do X, Y, and Z, or is it just don't get embarrassed? I mean, where where on that spectrum do you land for, for this matchup? Also, please, I wish this was flexed out of Sunday Night Football. I do not want any more primetime games for this team. We're already stuck with a Monday night game. I do not, under any circumstances, want this game to be on Sunday night. It sucks. Yeah, like, like, for the love of God, don't get embarrassed. That's where I'm at. Like, it's... Granted, we started. We we talked about it before we hit record. Like Eagles haven't played very well the last two weeks. Snuck out a win yesterday versus uh, Colts. Yeah, versus the Colts. Mm-hmm. Like lost Taylor Heineke and the boys. I think like what Commanders are putting out there right in the last couple weeks, especially with Heineke. But realistically, like you said, I think Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Potentially, could be the best team. You know, one of the best teams in the league right now. Just don't get embarrassed. I think Jalen Hurts is going to probably have a field day. Um, if I, if they were smart, they're going to get the ball to A.J. Brown. They're going to get the ball to uh, Devontae Smith. They're going to spread the spread it around and just take advantage with their speed and their athleticism way other teams less caliber, like Titans did last week. I don't have high expectations. 
I didn't even realize it was an SNF game until after the Titans game. I'm like, okay, we got 10 days to the next game. I'm like, man, is this schedule right? Set, ooh, 7.20, Sunday. Man, that's going to be a really shitty way to finish <laughs> off a Thanksgiving weekend. Like, I just don't have – I don't have no – I have no expectations for it. Like it's gonna, I'm gonna be on the last. Oh, can you imagine the last leftover like plate of Thanksgiving food you're gonna have it over? Oh, it's just gonna be terrible. It's gonna be an awful game. I'm just not looking forward to it at all. Really, like I just hope they can limit Jalen Hurts, though. Honestly, like if they can slow him down, have Quay Walker kind of get after him a little bit, that'd be great. But ultimately, I think I don't see why they wouldn't have their way. That defense is pretty solid. I don't really know how they've been the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they shut down the Col- or the Colts pretty well last week, but gave up. Quite 30 plus, I believe, to the the uh, commanders previous to that. So ultimately, not high expectations. And that's kind of how it's gone in all year. I mean, it's to the Cowboys game, Bills game, ever since basically that Giants game, just like it's kind of gone downhill where my expectations are. Just please don't get blown out. Please be, be within contention. Um, don't embarrass yourselves because it's it's kind of sucks to be on like the spotlight it's, it's a weird feeling to have like normally I look forward to those primetime games those you know open window games one slot and it's just like at this point I'm like damn I I do not like them they, I, I want to avoid them as much as possible yeah low expectations I guess if I didn't make that clear <laughs> our guy Dan on the game on Wisconsin YouTube comments says this game will be like eating a plate full of just cranberry sauce I oh. I I like cranberry sauce. I do. I like spread it on a roll. Ooh, very, very good. Um, yeah, a whole plate of it, though, would be pretty gnarly and would wreck my insides. And yeah, that's probably what this game is going to feel like. I, like, I think that's pretty apt description. I changed my mind. I actually have one and a half good things you could potentially look forward to in this game. The half is on the defensive side. There's a chance. AJ, AJ Brown likes to talk, right? That dude loves to talk all the time. You know who else loves to talk and doesn't like being talked to? Jair Alexander. Maybe this is a game where you get Ja real turned up, real rowdy, and he plays one of those great games against A.J. Brown like he did against Stephon Diggs in the contest against Buffalo a few weeks ago. If you get that, that's a huge plus. The downside of that and why it's not a full positive is because then you still have to guard Devonta Smith who I think is a stud of a young player, loved him in college at Alabama. It was awesome when he won the Heisman Trophy as the best wide receiver, best player in college football. He was incredible in the uh, the COVID year of 2020. I think he is a great young player for this Eagles team. His production is a little spotty. It's, it's a little up and down just based on the nature of the Philadelphia offense. But um, I, I don't love that matchup with R- Russell uh-huh. Douglas or – you know, if he gets matched up on a safety like Ford or God forbid Savage or Amos or something, it's that that might get ugly. So maybe you get Jair turned up against Brown, but I don't love the other options there. The other thing too, offensively, the Eagles have struggled to defend the run this year. I don't have the most recent numbers. I haven't pulled up the the EPA per rush uh, from this week or, or after this week or anything, but. Anecdotally, at least, the Eagles have struggled to defend the run for a good portion of this season. Now, that has partially been solved because last week they signed both Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue. Just, of course, in a perfect coincidence, two guys who clearly have a history with the Packers after their long careers in Minnesota and in Detroit, Indomitian Sue and Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I can get a word out, too. Specifically, Indomitian Sue and Aaron Rodgers. But... I, maybe you can run the ball effectively in this game. Maybe you can get A.J. Dillon going a little bit. Aaron Jones has been so good, even when he's taken a limited amount of tosses, handoffs, carries in recent weeks. Maybe that's the one area where you can exploit that team. They're really damn good, though, and I think they're really well coached. Jalen Hurts, still, I don't think, I, I don't necessarily trust him in a big game if he is left to just his arm. I don't think he will be left to just his arm in this game, though. He's having a really good year. I've at least eaten some amount of crow on that. He's having a really good year. Ah, I think it's going to get ugly, man. So let's just get right into it. Let's get to significant to some. Um, I'm going to bet on the Eagles this week. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I'm going to bet on the Philadelphia Eagles. They are favored by six and a half over the Packers. The initial over-under I saw on Monday was 45 and a half points. I'm leaning Eagles to cover and the under. I'm willing to be swayed, but that feels like the common school of thought for this game. Yeah, I, I mean, six and a half at home for the Eagles – 
seems low based off of maybe the last couple weeks um, could make sense. Yeah, I mean, it, this is an easy. I, I don't. We don't have a. We don't have a lock of the significance of some. This might be the best bet we've given out though all year. This seems like it. It would be Eagles to cover the six and a half, and then the under forty-five and change. Like I think that's. It has to be that. I don't. It's now we've had this earlier in the year, Brendan. Let's not. You know, we'll go back in the archives. We'll go. The receipts don't lie. We've been very confident in some that we've blown up in our faces on, whether it be over unders, whether it be coverage covering of bets, but. Yeah, six and a half. I think Eagles are definitely better than a touchdown than the Packers, especially at home. And I, I don't think either team is really going to stack up that many points. I mean, it would have to be a route by it, it, either it's going to be a shootout between Rodgers and the way the offense is moving for the the Eagles, or again, embarrassing stuff. Jalen Hurts goes absolutely banana sandwich, and Smith and Brown just take over that game which is a potential for that to happen but yeah i'll go uh oh man i have to give you a score i haven't done this in so many weeks i'm gonna go man that is way lower than 45 wow uh i'm gonna go 27 27 17 eagles oh oh be muted I haven't done it in so long. I had to. Oh, I think incredible. we're tied. I think we're tied. We might I think be we tied. might be. For those who don't remember from earlier in the year when Matt and I were going through our own epidemic of muting our mics and then forgetting to turn them back on, I uh, I just did it again. We we had we had gone so long, like more than half the season at this point, and I jacked it up. So that that's on me. That the radio professional screwing up. That that is an embarrassing moment. The intern who allowed that to happen has been fired. But I am going to say, now that I have my microphone back on, I've got an even less favorable score for the Packers than you did. I've got Eagles 28 to 14. I, You're right. Anything can happen. We've been burned by this before. I was all in on the Cowboys monetarily and in terms of just saying it out loud a couple of weeks ago. Packers not only covered, they won that game outright. I get that it can be any given Sunday. But, man, this matchup sucks. It, it is an ugly gross matchup for the Packers. I hope they keep it close. I would love to get another crazy spoiler win. That would feel awesome. I just don't realistically see it happening. Give me Eagles 28 to 14 over the Packers. That would be an Eagles cover and that would be the under as well. I don't like it. I hate it. it. Makes me feel gross. I've picked against the Packers more this year than I think I ever have in my entire life up until this point. Yes. But they they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt. So why would I why would I waste my hard-earned cold hard cash on the Packers team that has not shown me the love that I have shown it this season. So we're both on the Eagles. We'll be talking all about this game all week leading up to Sunday night football, which again, NFL, maybe, maybe six day flex, maybe, maybe pull that game down as quickly as you can, maybe do us a solid, but for now it's Sunday night football Packers Eagles. You can follow Matt for all of his reactions on Twitter at Matt underscore F R a underscore. I'm on Twitter as well at Brendan DZW. And of course, follow game on Wisconsin on Twitter at game on WI on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all across your social media channels for more interaction over the course of the week, Matt. So good to have the two of us back first time in three weeks that we have had uh, just the two of us rocking the show, but good to be back. And next week will be fun, even if it's after probably another loss. It's been great to get back. Great back in the flow of things after missing two weeks. We've been doing it for three months straight, whatever the hell it was since, I don't know, early August, end of July, whatever. Whenever we kicked it off for the season three of Game of Wisconsin, season two of Final Dump. But, yeah, man, I don't know. Hopefully there's some good takeaways. Hopefully some of these young guys that we're looking for on the defensive side of the ball, maybe the offense, maybe we see another wrinkle there. See your boy Zach Tom out there. I think that is something to also we didn't really talk about that. The way the offensive line shakes out through the rest of the year with some of the guys up for contract. But ultimately, finding the good in some bad, bad football from the Packers is pretty easy to do, whether we rant about it and rave about it, about how it could be even worse, or some silver linings that I've been trying to find, but ultimately – uh, poor play across the board has led us to be a little bit soured as Packers fans and wanting games to be flexed, not picking them to win games, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Calling for jobs, it's just been – it's its a its a dumpster fire. And I'm really happy the Bears lost because I think we would have been tied with them record-wise uh, mm -hmm. yesterday, and that would have been uh, very, very sad. One real quick thing before we go. I'll end this on a positive note because I only brought up his name in passing the entire show. 
Christian Watson rules, and I hope he goes out and scores another touchdown this week because he is awesome, and it is so good to see him breaking out. So there, there's your positive send-off message for this episode of The Final Dump. We appreciate you guys watching the show along with us this week. The podcast will be out Tuesday morning. You can get it anywhere you find your podcasts. Matt and I will be back. 8 o'clock Lambeau time next Monday night, November 28th, to recap Packers versus Eagles. But until then, you've been watching and listening to The Final Dump, as always, brought to you by Game on Wisconsin. Well, Wayne, I think this is one that Vince Lombardi and George Hallis would be proud of. You could have given me the touchdown, then it's hard to overturn, you know what I mean? I understand That's that. a good effort, though, wasn't it? That's a pretty good effort.